it's Grant here. Welcome to the Dice of the Design podcast, episode 16, Warpack Special. Recently, our long-standing Rollmaster game was unfortunately called off at the last minute. Uh, we wound up with no game and no venue, but luckily Colin came through and had Dave, Joe and I round to Dundee for the weekend. Uh, not knowing what we'd play, I picked up all my games uh, into my car and the suspension just about took the weight and headed out. We played lots of games, which we'd actually talk about on episode 15, which was released just a few days ago. Uh, but the greatest highlight was alpha testing of Warpack. Uh, Warpack is the forthcoming card-based fantasy miniature war game from Prince of Darkness Games. It was a three-way battle, uh, which in short was lots and lots of fun. But I'll leave you now with our thoughts recorded right after the battle. Enjoy! Welcome to a Dyson with Design special <laughs> after game report. Yeah. I like the voice. Yeah, you watch Jingles. Don't do that again. <laughs> We've got a special guest today. We've got uh, David the something Roseboro. What's your nickname? <laughs> Grant always makes up names for us in the podcast. So. I'll be uh, I'll, I'll be Big Red. <laughs> Big Hi Red everyone. Dave. Not because he's communist. <laughs> <laughs> not often. No, not often. It's, it's, it's actually because I'm big and red. <laughs> so, how are you doing, Grant? You're the host. I know, yes, yeah, so I should start hostifying. Uh, yes, we just finished the game of the exciting new game Warpack uh, and uh, Joel's new uh, card based miniature war game. Yes. Still in development, though, I have to say. Absolutely, yep. So we're playing an alpha version just now. Uh, we just had a three-way battle, which uh, no other miniatures company is even trying to do. Oh, except they... <laughs> oh, they just did, which is annoying. <laughs> yeah, what was that? So you bought... Uh, it's something that's just come out from Games Workshop. Yeah, well, we've just released a, a new 50-quid expansion that lets yeah. you have multiple players. Aye. But is it, like... But I'm not sure how exactly it works, and I reckon yeah. it would probably... Must take all day to play that yeah. kind of game. Yes, yeah, one it's yeah your apocalypse, your storm, your storm of magic, uh, kind of all day hobby experience kind of thing. But this is better. We're going to tell. <laughs> we're going we're to tell you why. Honest guys. <laughs> well, we could take. Well, the point of this I think will be to take us through the take us through the the basic uh, breakdown of what the rules are, uh, the reasonings behind them, and have some beer. Well, yeah, we'll definitely be having some beer. And taking you behind the behind the curtain of the games, the games developers' <laughs> thought process. Okay, so shall we start off then with uh, saying basic things about the game? I mean, what what first of all, I guess, uh, what yeah. what what are we trying to achieve from it? Well, from a design standpoint, I was going for a game where there is the depth and tactical depth, but not from a massive body of rules. Mm-hmm. So. There's meaningful in-game choices, tactical choices that you make on a turn-by-turn basis. So uh, your lift, list building is going to play a part, but much less of a part than in 
the other games, the other war games that we tend to play, you know, the Warhammer and the Forty K. Mm-hmm. So it matters what you do each turn and what orders you give each unit. Sorry, why do you, why do you think it matters more less about the lists? Well, I think with the, the lists, the way that they're, they're structured, there's you know, clearly some units are just better than others. Right. They're, they're costed, you know, some everyone's complaining about unbalanced and broken units. And right. a lot of a lot of the, the game in Warhammer can be won or lost in the list writing stage. Yeah, right. I think it's you know, a thousand point <coughs> list isn't equal to another thousand point Aye. list. You you could rock up with a list and some if someone's playing a certain choice you might have nothing in your army that can touch it and yeah. very little chance of actually winning. So is there anything specific you're doing with Warpack that stops that happening or is it just because the rule set's simpler and you've thought about it a little bit harder? Um, I think it's to do with the yeah, the rule set being simpler and being that the way when we get on to talking about the order cards, that it, it matters what orders you assign on a given turn to a unit and um, I suppose in terms of units, they maybe form more similarly than uh, yeah. So the games. Do so there's, le- there's less subtleties or less complexities to each of the units, and that's mm-hmm. a good thing because it makes it more yeah, uh, makes yeah. more balance. And it means the depth comes from the structure of the game mm. rather than the massive yeah multiple rule books required to play it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to have researched all the different magic laws. To know what yeah. surprises might be sprung on you, it's not a game of of surprises really. Yeah, uh, it's not a game where I've never seen that that unit before. I've no idea what it does. Oh, it's destroyed half my army. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was for me today. Apart from yeah, <laughs> yeah was it also, also read the terror geist from uh, from episode thirteen that it took on myself and Russ? <laughs> so, what's that? Oh, that's what it is. Nice. Where was my army? It's all dead. <laughs> So Joe, why don't you tell us about the, uh, the give us a brief overview of the game as it stands and uh, uh, how, what the structure of the game is. Okay, yeah, so you build a list from a faction. I mean, it's still all in development, so at the moment it's just kind of based on factions for which we happen to have models. Yeah. So we've got, uh, you were playing the Cult of Pain, and uh, Colin was using the Dwarves, and David was uh, rocking with the Orcs today. Um, So you build a list, and then uh, deployment is part of the game, where instead of deploying your army on the field, you move on your your army hidden as cards so under the fog of war and then part of the game is, is revealing and spotting the other army so you have to kind of factor that into your deployment you don't know exactly where your enemy is mm-hmm. um, so de- and deployment is a turn in itself yeah it, turn one you start your deployment yeah exactly and the the order cards are very important that's what I've gone for um, start of each turn Every player gets dealt a number of order cards, one for each unit in the army, and they assign them to whichever unit they see fit. Um, and the suits are very important because their trumps are for different actions. Like if you have a spade card, it's much better for attacking in melee. Mm. Um, so it's good to assign that to a unit that you want to go uh, fight someone with. But 
the, and the values give you the effectiveness for that unit for the whole turn and that's for everything so you don't have lots of checks that's, that's how good the unit is that turn if it's got a 7 then that's how good it is it'll mm -hmm. 7 for attacking 7 for defending 7 for taking morale checks um, so it's quite a lot of, there's quite a lot of thought there at the start of the turn and planning out what you think is going to happen where you think you need to put your big defence cards you know, have you got a spare card to put on your shooting unit um, mm -hmm. to take someone out early on yeah, and that you know, that means there's uh, a lot of the game is played then in that sort of this at the start of each turn when you're replenishing those cards. I mean, how how do you find that, guys? What what do you think to that, Dave? Yeah, I I was actually a bit concerned when Joe described that to us last night, um, because I thought that meant that between every turn there'd be a, an epic gap as everybody spends ages shuffling their little hand of cards, and <laughs> planning out in detail exactly what's what was mm -hmm. going to be happening in that turn. Um, but in effect, well, well, it didn't happen today. That might be a reflection on the people playing the game, or it might be a reflection on the game. But uh, yeah, that was quick, and it meant yeah, they kind of, I guess it front loads the strategy a bit, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. And it means you've got to do a lot of thinking up front, and then the actual turn resolves pretty quickly, which makes yeah. the game feel like it's moving quickly and, mm -hmm. and and it's pretty exciting. It speeds up too, don't you? Once you get your get a bunch of units dying. <laughs> less cards to elegate. Yeah, exactly. It means as the game goes on, it actually gets sort of simpler and easier. Yeah, faster. Than, yeah. Makes up for the fact that there's loads of battles going on. So there's, yeah. Like I had eight units till the very end, but it still took me quite a while at the end. But yeah. But I, I guess the dependence on, because of the dependence on the order of cards, it does mean that when you start to lose, you end up in a bit of a downward spiral as you mm -hmm. get fewer and fewer cards every turn, and that gives you yeah. less flexibility in assigning them. Well, that, um, that, that's from the command, so, my command cards. No, no, I, I, that, no, I'm talking about order cards. All right, yeah. So if you've got seven units yeah. left, you, if you've got seven weak units on the table, you get seven cards, and that gives you flexibility in deciding what unit's good and what unit's bad. Yeah. If I've got three hard units left on the table, although they may be points value, I've got significantly less freedom to make tactical choices about what my army can do. Yeah. So I, I found that quite challenging towards the end of the game. Yeah. Well, challenging in one way because it meant it was harder to win, but easier in another yeah. way because it meant you had to make sure decisions. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, you get less chance of getting good cards, basically, don't you? Mm -hmm. Well, what I find is that when 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 the big important battle happens, you when you the table, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the bigger when the big important battle happens and you lose that, things play out really quickly. Mm. Um, whereas with other games, you still got lots yeah. of dice to roll because whatever happens, there will be six turns, and those yeah. six turns all take ages. <laughs> yeah. Whereas if you if you lose your you lose your general, okay, you, you haven't. Where <laughs> you lose your general in in Warpack, you have lot. You haven't automatically lost the game. It does take down your. It does lower your effectiveness yeah. quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Commanders are very important. Yeah, they are. Who provide bonus cards and they have like yeah. a command. Um, yeah, we should probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. like to describe the the command card structure. Yeah, because as well as the the order cards, you've got a, a separate deck. I'm just using standard playing cards at the moment, and these are command cards. And your characters, including your general, and um, any lesser characters, heroes, or wizards that you might have, get a number of of command cards, which they can spend um, on a single action per turn, either their own unit's action or one close by to boost them up. And it's it's really important. It gives you a lot of. Uh, a lot more tactical flexibility and a lot of advantages to have that. So if you lose your in this game, we just had everyone just had a, a general, a single general each. So uh, when the orc general got slain by the demon prince, <laughs> that put the orcs at a big disadvantage mm -hmm. that they didn't have those. They didn't have the extra three cards that he was bringing. Yeah. 
Well, when did that happen again, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think we were quite lucky today in that as, as three novice players, we did have a games designer here to give us kind of tactical strategic advice. Yeah. Um, and I certainly found that very helpful. <laughs> yeah, because one, one of the mechanics is if you draw a joker, it's the best card you can get because you can decide what, to, what value to give it, what to assign it to. And so in the turn that we're talking about, uh, yeah, David had the joker for his... Uh, Orc war boss and the uh, boar riders that he was with, and uh, asked what to assign it as he, he was fighting the demon prince. I didn't ask. I was about to assign it as a defensive card. <laughs> yeah, and you interjected. Just to be clear on the. <laughs> Did I? Yes. I thought you asked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you wanted to make it a fighty card, so you'd be better at hitting him. <laughs> but then uh, he killed you. Yeah, he killed yeah, my commander, the unit he was attached to, and left me cardless for the remaining four turns of the game. Yeah. <laughs> but in my defence, Grant did have the best, well, the second best attack card in the game in his hand, did. which I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's where you've got to you've got yeah. to weigh up the difference between sort of yeah. the chances yeah. of something happening and the consequences when it does. I think from that, <laughs> being a card system and every combat coming down to single card checks rather than. Uh, based on the unit, what's left in your unit, rather than um, uh, rather than picking up a, you know a certain number of dice per per model, uh, just it, it shifts the com- big combats from being a kind of an attrition affair where you're where you feel like you're picking up lots of you're doing lots of attacks and it's all happening to uh, very much a, a big feeling of tension. Where do I play this command card now? My defense? Do I play on attack? You know, do I play my better card or my worst card? What of the what's my opponent just yeah. put down? Yeah. So, there? so there, there's there's tension in resolution, whereas there's not in other games where you know if you're just picking up thirty dice and rolling them, that's mm-hmm. chance. You know, there's nothing you can do about that. But yeah, and that's the kind of resolution phase of a battle in, in other games, whereas here. Even as that battle resolving, there's there's still tension and there's still decisions to be made. Yeah, not decisions which affect everything in that turn, not just that particular combat. Because it's thinking about how you use. I mean, mm. there's kind of this this resource pool on the side of of cards, and it's deciding how you apply that across the entire turn, and not just how many d6 do I get to pick up and chuck across the table this time. Yeah, yeah, that's a meaningful player choice. That's, exactly, that's yeah. part of the design yeah. philosophy that yeah, all throughout the game you're making. The player gets to make meaningful choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, like say, sometimes if in games of Warhammer, game gets to a point where it just plays itself, doesn't it? You have that way. It's just, yes, I've often talked. Yeah. I've often talked about that. How I feel like <laughs> when 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 I've lost the when the big combat has been lost, uh, and it's then just play, the game. I've often said this: the game plays you rather than you playing the game. You're you're yeah. you're serving you're serving the the rule book by rolling dice for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when there's a big battle, yeah. it's just, yeah, you might as well have an automatic dice roller. I mean, you suppose you get some stuff like your challenges and things like that, and yeah. whatever, but that's about it, isn't and it? They have to decide who's in yeah. con- who's which single models are in contact with what, whereas we're dealing with whole units here. Yeah. Unlike Kings of War, we are taking models off. Uh, we are taking yeah. models from, from their movement trays yeah. uh, as, wounds, as wounds are accrued. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that better because you can see so much clearer how well you're doing. As opposed mm-hmm. to just like a character. Yeah, otherwise you're just moving counters about a yeah, board. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So have we talked about the turn, the fact that it's an integrated turn? Yeah. No, oh, yeah. we haven't. Have we? So yeah, that's, that's a big difference, and that's why 
what helps it this is the first time I've played a three player game or you know, facilitated three player yeah. game so it was good to see that and uh, yeah because you've got alternating activation like play one activates a unit and they take their two actions and player two has their turn with the unit and player three so it's not just um, I go you go with everything mm -hmm. it's uh, yeah. 15 minutes and then 15 minutes <laughs> yeah. of turn yeah, yeah 15 minutes of getting spanked <laughs> yeah and spanking someone for 15 minutes and yeah. then I mean that could be this... fun in the right context <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know I, where to go from there <laughs> no I, I, I think that's one of the biggest you know. things that I like about this so far is the fact that you're not sitting there bored for yeah the 15 minutes I totally zone out playing Warhammer and big battles but especially like magic phase, movement phase, attacking phase, all that kind of stuff, and you're you're doing very little through some of it. But yeah, and plus there's the extra strategy of like choosing which order to make your units activate as well. Yeah, that's important as well. Yeah, right? yeah, because your effect of this, your effect of this cards, your order cards aren't revealed for your unit until mm. they're used. Yeah, yeah. So you, so you're making a decision whether if, if you attack with with someone first, yeah, sure you get the attack in. But then the target for your opponent to, you know, that tells you your opponent how good they are at defending as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, of course, you still might have an order card depending on, on how many you have available. Yeah. How many generals you've got left on the table, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> no. You don't bear a grudge, though, do you? No, not better. <laughs> how long was that game in the end, actually, out of interest? Is it now? Three hours about three. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, we were designing it as we went. We were doing some yeah. was design and feedback to the designer yeah, as we yeah. went along. But an extended three-player. That was an extended game, right? We, yeah. We that was double yeah, for a usual game yeah. with with special victory conditions. Yeah. Three players. Yeah. Decent sized army, and it still it still, felt, it still took three hours. That's probably but felt, bigger. Yeah. But it, it it didn't feel you know sometimes. You know, you can play Warhammer for six hours and it feels like twelve. <laughs> <laughs> that three hours felt like one and a half yeah. because you're because something's always happening. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And you, you, something's always happening which you're involved in rather than yeah spectating. Rather than I, rather than waking up, someone's like, "Well, what was that?" I said, "Could you make five up ward saves on this?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that as well. I like the fact it doesn't split up the phases like the movement, magic, all that caper. Because like playing dwarfs, for example, I never get to do the magic or move. To be fair, so <laughs> <laughs> so there's two whole phases that I don't get to take part in. I'm even more bored because yeah. I can't even do them. Never mind just somebody else's turn to do them. It's, so it's quite nice that it's all just much more integrated. Yeah. You do a little summary of the the game itself the battle report what today's one the story well today's game yeah we had what do we have dwarfs versus chaos versus uh, orcs and uh, not goblins just orcs and, and orcs. not chaos not oh sorry oh yeah Com uh, yeah. Uh, cult of pain what, the cult, cult of pain, pain. Yes. and uh, joy and pleasure and pleasure <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was pretty close well his first two turns were pretty normal weren't they then third turn David took a huge blow losing his general and you kind of like it looked like you'd almost dropped out of the game at that point, yeah. but actually, you got in the tower first. So it was yeah. a capture the capture the tower yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, you got in the tower with your archers. Yeah. And then, actually, for the next three turns, your black orcs as well were threatening the tower for the whole time. Dark orcs. Dark orcs, are. <laughs> <laughs> and the last three turns were probably one of the most close games of any kind of war game I've played because yeah. it was just trying to figure out how the hell this big battle in the centre was going to resolve so that one of us could try and get in that tower. Yeah. 
Yeah. And try and do enough damage to the orcs in the tower to, yes. to kill them all. To get them out. Yeah. Yeah. But not leave it empty when somebody else's turn yeah. Yeah. could get them in there first. Yeah, <laughs> because of the importance of initiative and the, yeah. the kind of in turn order of um of movement, it actually becomes yeah. very, very yeah, there's Aye. there's a lot of depth just deciding yeah. exactly what to what to move and when. Yeah, the capture the flag type of game makes up it so, so much more complicated because of that. But, but yeah, it's not just the capture the flagness; it's the it's the the fact that the turn structure works in such a way that it's not just me doing all my stuff and then Grant doing all of his stuff. It's, Aye. it's individual unit activation yeah. is, is kind of a mm. turn within a Actually, turn almost and, yeah. and trying to play that out it's like, you know, it becomes quite chess-like almost yeah, yeah. but aesthetically what I quite liked was the there were two it looked like several armies moving towards each other as, as the game went forward yeah. you want these great leap, leaps forward from one end followed by a massive yep that, that's, that's, I'll come over great in the podcast <laughs> the, the, the hand signals we do that all the time <laughs> if you just do that again I don't think the listeners heard you <laughs> Yeah. So we, uh, yeah. So you have these great leaps forward. I mean, which we, you know, we we all sign up to a pact of of of. There's a sort of a, a compact of disbelief, isn't it? Yes, we. To... Yeah, that we're looking at, but it's you don't have to spend it quite so. Yeah, we don't think there are little guys running around like in that Star Wars game where you have to let like, Wookiee win. They... What? <laughs> <laughs> Are they playing the Millennium Falcon? Yeah, yeah. and then the Star Wars chess thing. They have like little creatures, holograms. Oh, yeah, I, I know, I know. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I think this is perhaps a segue which doesn't belong. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> no. Um, right. So, so what I was saying is, yeah, as aesthetically, it's, it's better. You, you have to, you have several armies milling, milling forward, and it's, it's milling around, moving forward towards the objective. That was nice. Was that because of the tower scenario though, as opposed to just like a battle? Well, it's found in our battle. We played, uh, we played uh, sort of battles to the death before mm. where we were just fighting each other. Yeah. Uh, the, we had two armies moving towards each other rather than it looked like, you know, they were manoeuvring yeah. as they went along yeah. rather than... Rather than yeah. Because it's chances to respond to your enemy's yeah. movement. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's less of a discrete game, it's more continuous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought of that actually, the fact that you can, yeah, it's much more responsive in that somebody moves something as opposed to you pushing everything all at once. Yeah, you yeah. can respond to the movements as you go. But that creates an interesting tension though, because you've, because you've got your command cards and your order cards at the start of the turn you've got to make some tactical decisions early on mm-hmm. and then you've got to figure out how you can adapt those later so there's this interesting tension between upfront tactics and strategy versus reactiveness in turn yeah, which was quite I quite yeah. find that and you would think you would think then that the first the first turn isn't isn't such a big thing getting the first activation uh, where you have a first turn in the game where there's lots of shooting and it's I go you go is a huge thing because you can find half your army blown off yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah but, but you it, think you know but then so first activation of this you wouldn't think maybe isn't a big thing but in fact that's a huge tactical advantage because yeah. if you go, go first in the big battle but yeah. there's still time to react to it if you have flanking units so yeah. that can come into the battle as well and yeah for and, and for all the kind of complexity it was interesting that the game came down to a single very clever move in the last turn which won the game 
mm-hmm. for the dwarves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was even more interesting was that that move was suggested by. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd have got there eventually. <laughs> well, well, yeah, he's stung by the early criticism. He decided, obviously, to give some good advice, not to you. That was me. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I beg your so, pardon. Yes, yeah, I remember now. Yeah. 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 So I advised the, the dwarf. You advised, you advised your own de- demise. Yeah. The ox. <laughs> but in learning the game, you help each other out. It's but the interesting thing was that that was that was moving a single unit to inches forward yeah, yeah, which yeah. seems trivial but yeah. won the game Aye. and if yeah you're right if it was a take your whole turn then the next person take the whole turn that wouldn't that have happened, happened. Yeah. Yeah. you couldn't have done that there was no strategy mm-hmm. in that way yeah yeah it's cool what do you think Joe is stuff you want to change from that from that game yeah I think there's a few things that I want to, to tweak I mean, overall I'm, I'm pretty pleased with the way it's going but uh, I think I want to tweak the morale system uh, break tests because that doesn't doesn't really come into it no, that didn't influence the game at all here. Yeah, so. yeah and there was a in, a in a game of mass combat where psychology is important. That you mm. uh, that it is possible for uh, for a, a hard hitting unit to break to break even a, a more populous unit yeah. uh, by 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 the force of its attack. Yeah, because yeah. that game was very very attritional, but only a single unit of rubbish dogs broke in the entire game oh you just ran them off right yeah. okay yeah so that's the, yeah. the way that the morale works just for everybody listening uh, it's basically if you lose if you lose a quarter you get a break token yeah. but you only have to take a break check once the number of tokens you have exceeds your, your discipline isn't yeah. it and that's at the end but, of the turn yeah but the thing we were talking about today was that you can only at the moment is that you can only get one token per per turn yeah battle or per fight I suppose isn't it or is it per turn it's per turn per entire so, turn right yeah, so, so I'm going to change that. and you so, don't actually yeah. you don't ever have to take a break at all until you reach the discipline so you know yeah. how many turns you, there's a minimum number of turns yeah. a large a unit with a large yeah. number of wounds on it dwarfs cannot break until after the third turn yeah. so yeah. We'll no, take, no matter ever, what happens ever, ever. Yeah. Yeah. so you can put no it in how much punishment they take yeah. so as long as they've got enough wounds left it's alright for dwarves they, sh- they should <laughs> yeah, be stalled keep this, keep this real. No, I don't That's know I don't know if it should, if it should be guaranteed though it's, it's nice to yeah, have yeah, a random they should be able to get more factor. per turn I think if it, yeah, it, should yeah, be, it gets really pounded per, per combat yeah you know aye yeah even just per combat so that if somebody else piles in the side and does the same they can give another one yeah I was wondering if maybe... So then there's this feeling of kind of getting finally overwhelmed over the course yeah. of a turn and at some point, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if maybe, uh, until you have uh, reached your discipline, uh, maybe if, you, if, you've, if, you've, if you've taken a break token in that turn, again, it adds another layer of rules, but you maybe you'd still do the check, but only, a one, only one suit will, 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 be, will, will break you, something like that. Or you know something that if you've taken a lot of damage, you should have a chance of breaking. I feel, or if you're or if you're being surrounded. Yeah, I think so. That needs needs looking at. That needs tweaking. I mean, we have had other games where um, the units have fled, haven't we? Like when I was using the yep. the hundred Skaven slaves. Oh, sorry, vermling scum. scum. <laughs> the hundred vermling scum were uh, defeated by. Uh, Ten of the warriors of ecstasy, weren't they? And they, mind you, killed about fifty of them, and then they broke yeah. and fled. Yeah.
question I was going to ask actually that kind of leads into that is, yeah. is how generic is the rule set I mean I've come along today and played a game with some predetermined army list that you've just whipped up yeah. but how easy would it be for some game or elsewhere to pick up the rule we can apply it to whatever models they happen to have sitting on the shelf is that something you've thought about or um, I think I'm going to stick with doing faction lists but try and have quite a lot of them some fairly generic ones so they should be able to fit to most most models um, would you put your formula out you said you had a formula for yeah, working with points um, I don't know if I would really because if, if I put the formula out then it just kind of almost encourages people to try and break it and, and try and People are going to try and break it anyway. Yeah, but if yeah. you say these are the units you can choose from, there's, yeah. Less, yeah, this is there's your less abuse that can happen. <laughs> yeah. It's your formula for for yeah. for doing army lists. I mean, I know you know most games do not put that out there. It exists. No, because Alessio yeah. Alessio Capitore says says there is one, and he says he's always kept one for himself. This is how many points I give for this. If you give this unit this special rule, that's how much extra points they they cost. Uh, but when he he was involved in writing the Fantaside uh, game, which I think did well on Kickstarter, uh, he said he well he put put the uh, the the toolkit for making up lists mm-hmm. into into the rulebook, so anyone anyone could use that. See, that would encourage me to get involved in a game if I knew that I could make up an entirely new faction, and I could make it reasonably balanced because there was a formula to do yeah. it. I think that would. There's two issues with that though. One is the formula's going to break somewhere. Yeah, of course. And the other one is then you're just selling the farm, right? Well. As soon as you give away your formula. From from a commercial perspective, you know, if you're a game designer and your job or your goal is that you make a living out of selling games, you don't want to just give away the magic. That's the it should remain behind the curtain. But I'm just, yeah, talk, I'm just talking about. It. Yeah. I'm just talking about being able to make a new army, though. So if you decide you want to make, um, like, bear men, yeah. <laughs> an army of bear yeah, men with mattocks, exactly, yeah. <laughs> mattocks. Yeah. Um, like, do you think that's giving away? Is that giving away like the the IP or the magic? Or no, it's or? not. Gi- it's well, ask question. It's, it's not giving away more than. Would they have the right to bear arms? More more editing. That must not get edited out. It doesn't bear thinking. I I don't know. It depends what you think. Like until if you want to take the GW formula. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? Are you coming up with another pun? Something to do. <laughs> Something in the woods. <laughs> Those are big paws. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can barely take it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. That's the so point. <laughs> the point was, do you want to just make a game that will make people happy or do you want to try and make money? Because if you give away the formula which allows you to create points or come up with the points for a given unit, then... You've given away the, the farm, or do you want to be able to roll out expansion after expansion that people pay you money for it? Also, you want to be able to tweak your expansions if you want to, yeah. um, if you want to sell a particular. Yeah, exactly. Book. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another layer of cynicism above even what I was describing. Is that just pandering to the player base? What do you mean? Or exploiting the player base? Exploit, yeah. If, they, if they're it's paying for it, then it's not pandering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh, 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 oh. Well, that was pretty grisly. <laughs> oh god. Um, right. <laughs> well, I, I how did it come to this? <laughs> it's got a bit poo. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that was a subtle one, Joe. I like that. Um, but no, okay. That, well, that's a good question. Yeah. What, what do you want from the game, Joe? What What would you like? Or bigger, what What do you want from your aspirational games designer career? I mean, uh, good question. I just like, I would like people to pick it up and and play the game, and if it developed a fan base, and yeah, I could make a bit of money from it. Start exploiting them. Um, well, I don't know. Well, or sell or sell See, it to someone. I think people will always buy the like people will always buy pre-made stuff if they like a game. They'll always buy the sort of the books, the expansions, all that sort of stuff. But I think it would just encourage folk to get more involved in it and buy the updates and enjoy the game if there's stuff given away for free. Mm-hmm. Like it's a big kind of marketing thing. Give it it's these days, like give stuff away for free, and you trust the fact that people buy into the brand then, and then just do buy anything that you give away. It's sort of builds loyalty yeah. and trust and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because people only pay for stuff these days if they choose to anyway. Yeah. But when it comes yeah, to when it comes to IP, free, you yeah. can always get it for free. You can always steal it somewhere. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, the answer is to make people like you, which is helping them to enjoy the game, helping them to make more armies. Yeah. So, but then again, with the, with the tool set or giving the formula again, would that help people enjoy the game or would that spoil it? Spoil it. You know, if someone's not is playing for the first time and, and someone's like, oh, I've just created this. Uh, you know, poisonous lizard, yeah. hedgehog man, <laughs> which is just—I mean, tweak the formulas to give yeah. them a bit. It's always the hedgehogs, uh, isn't it? <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it would necessarily be a good thing. I just, I just like the idea yeah. of being able to do it. But you're right. And I mean, originally, I was going to do that and just have the, the formula and just let people, um, yeah, start up their own guys and things like that. Yeah, but. Uh, it's pretty hard to do it anyway isn't it because allocating points to certain I mean it's easy enough to say if you get one extra strength it costs you a point if you get one extra toughness it costs you a point whatever but yeah. then you go to the special like slayer rules. special rule and the um, toughness sorry accuracy and the other ones yeah true shot and things like that the thing is you then try and put a linear scale on something which is a, an exponential relationship where you have we have synergies it should then instead of you know having strength, having a point one point for one more extra strength and another point for some sort of armor piercing rule, but if, if together combined there there is a synergy, then it shouldn't cost two points. It should cost three, and then yeah. then it becomes a much more complicated toolkit, which is unusable. Or you just or you just by yourself. Um, decide I'm going to go against my own toolkit it gives you that freedom to, to make a, a faction yeah. that, that has those that you have a faction where the two, you, you don't follow the toolkit for making the army list yeah um, you, you, yeah, you choose by yourself and I think you can maybe give factions more of an identity as well if you're controlling them having them discreet like they can have a certain special rule that only they get yeah, yeah. if you're building a tool, toolkit approach then anyone could give it to any of their models so it wouldn't seem as, as special yeah. I mean I haven't really done that yeah you yet, don't want a barbarian with a full plate armour no <laughs> yeah. or a barbarian casting spell yeah. yeah or you can you can have a you could have a faction who's who can do a bit of everything yeah quite, they'll not quite be very good at anything you'd yeah Jack yeah so you trades. want you want them to yeah if you have a jack of all trades army a, a, a mixed um a uh, uh, mixed arms army, then you you maybe make them more expensive for for everything they do because they have those options. Yeah. Because they have the shooting and the magic and the fighting and the defense. Hmm. Yeah, so there's definitely a balance to be be struck. Because I would like people to be able to. 
play it with any models that they want that they like. Mm. Yeah, obviously, because you're not working for a miniatures company. Yeah, as soon as as soon as you you sell the game, as soon as you sell the game to a miniatures company, then you're going to be telling them. Until you get your three three D printer, start getting them churned out. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. There's so many miniatures companies out there already doing great models. Yeah, I just think it's nice to just use whatever you've got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. up, you can just yeah. Was yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if 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 any if a, if any but one company thinks that people are going to clubs and going to each other's houses and playing with only one, only one miniatures manufacturer, these models, then they're they're kind of deluding themselves. Yes, I suppose that's the that's the vision they would like, but it's mm-hmm. not going to reflect the reality. <laughs> Do you reckon it's a good uh, model? The whole one rule book and then all the supplementary books. Would you design a game like that, or would you rather mm. just have it all in one book? No, the the question is, would you would you would like to sell a game like that? <laughs> no, yes. I, I know yeah. it's, it's the <laughs> content's the same, right? What was that? Sorry, the content's the same. It's just how you commercially decide to distribute it. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, personally, I prefer it all to be in one book. I like it just all being there and being done. Mm. But commercially, it is better to split it up probably and yeah. to create interest and then yeah. and think. If it takes off, then there'll always be bits you want to add and extra supplements and things. But I think the supplements should add something of value. But then, not just you need this to keep playing. <laughs> yeah, but you said at the start that your aim for this was to keep it so that this, the army differences are quite subtle. So that the, so that the strategy comes in and the movement and the actual yeah. game itself rather than a list building. So would that not mean that it was less likely you'd have proper big massive army supplements because that would be quite light? Um, yeah, it wouldn't. Well, it wouldn't be an army supplement of, of just lists I don't think just there'd have to be other stuff in there fluff um, campaign rules as well because that's what I'm wanting to do I want to combine mm. Warpack with the Pretenders campaign rules yeah, that yeah. I've been working on mm-hmm. have that so have a way of that integrating and have so supplements will be more about kind of character development and running narrative campaigns yeah mm-hmm. and yeah uh, yeah, how that would integrate. So you are talking about sort of an intersection of role playing and, and miniature gaming. Uh, yeah, yeah, to some extent. Yeah, I think it's putting more towards the well, miniature not, gaming. But yeah, yeah. The, I like the well, narrative like, campaign. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's putting a narrative around miniature gaming rather than role playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a role playing element, but uh, yeah, those campaigns that we did were were great, and I think if you yeah. could have that something built in where you was an incentive to. You know, write up your battle reports and write your in in character yeah. stories and stuff that's going on. Yeah, that's some of the best games we've well I've had. The ones that I've yeah. enjoyed the most were because it actually seemed like it mattered. Yeah, some <laughs> of the games, some of the games I've enjoyed the most, I've not been there. I've read the battle reports, <laughs> yeah. and it's not. Yeah. And it's uh, the, the the time the time where your dwarves stole the coffin off the back of the <laughs> off the co- back of the black coach. <laughs> Yeah. Dwarfs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Creating a lifelong hatred on the Santé dwarfs from that. But yeah, that is because I think it's then that you're playing a four-hour game and halfway through you realise you're losing quite badly. But it keeps you going because you realise that it makes a difference how much you lose mm. by, or even if you can just scrape back to a draw, as opposed to thinking, oh, "Fuck it, it's just one game. I'm just going to write yeah. it off and then wait to the next yeah. one." Yeah. I've got to say though, writing five losing battle reports in a row is a is a hard is a hard pill to swallow. 
How am I going to describe this defeat? <laughs> yeah. Try and put another positive I mean, spin Yeah, on. it's hard to write a story with five downbeats in a row. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you, are, you were playing the, uh, the faction of pain and misery and suffering. Or was that the one you... It's supposed to be others' about? pain and misery. <laughs> <laughs> Not your own. Clearly yeah. betrayed. Yeah, from absolutely. within. Again. Yeah, that was <laughs> it. I had to... Yeah, cursed, yeah, by yeah. 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 cursed by the gods. I had to, I had to write a story of uh, being yeah, betrayed yeah, by internecine... Oh, one of those words you will never see written down and never say. <laughs> I'd say internecine. Internecine. I don't even know what word you're talking about. In fighting. Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> you only see it written down. It's normally followed by conflict or strife. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly strife. Yeah. Or strife. <laughs> I thought he calls it strife. <laughs> see, I like, I like that better. I like the, yeah, the idea that you would have like a nice light core rulebook with all the factions in it, but then have four or five supplements around different ways to play. Campaigns like another, another or adding well, another model is to, another model is to add on, uh, something to every single faction. The um, war machine, yep. I think, does that. And uh, what do you mean? So you have a you have your core rulebook, and then next January you you release the rules for flyers for all oh. of your factions. Uh like the storm magic type of idea, like a yeah. Well, that that would yeah. I suppose storm magic did add something to every army. Um, yeah, and well, Storm Magic was a generic expansion. It wasn't that any army yeah. could use, but yeah. it didn't add specific bits to um, already existing armies. The problem there is it's 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 in a, it's less accessible if if three if you've just if you release the current if you got the current um, version of War Machine and Hordes, but that's another complication. If you release uh, War Machine, uh, you, if you start a War Machine, you then got to get three expansion books, so you're, you're up to date with everyone else. Because you don't, you're not just buying the rule book and your and the expansion for your army. You have to get all the expansions that have come out since yeah. since that edition. It's like playing Dawn of War when like you guys had three or four different expansion packs, and I have no idea which one I need to get up to. And yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Aye. But it, well, I suppose tournaments always set which ones you can use and stuff, don't they? So you can just yeah, I mean, yeah. and it depends whether you're having it'll probably from the viewpoint of a player or a games designer, right? Yeah, or both. Yeah, that's the that's that's the dynamic, isn't it? The games designer probably wants to sell you lots of books, and the player wants to not yeah. buy lots of books but still play the yeah. game. We also want people to get involved, and if you raise if every time you you release a game wide expansion. Which you're kind of expecting everybody to play, um, you're then making it harder to get in. It's less accessible. Fewer people are going to come in. It's going to be. But then some people are so fanatical that they love. That they really look forward to these extra things, and they're like, "Give me more! Give me more!" Okay, anything is good to have them as extras, but they should be add-ons. It should, yeah. it should be like the basic book should be enough. They're yeah, not necessary. You can get up and running. I can play with that, and then yeah, there's decent content in the supplement. So like if you're a fan, then you're like, you, oh yeah, that's you, really good. I want that. That's, yeah, you should want to buy it, not yeah. have to buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I definitely. Yeah. So. Uh, Can I ask about the name, Joe? Yes. <laughs> Is it possible to create a fantasy-based battle tabletop battle game that doesn't have the word war in it? <laughs> <laughs> no, battle <laughs> pack. <laughs> that's been the decreed on high. Last time, yeah. <laughs> 
horror games that well, that's, I must. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I suppose that's why I did it, just so that it kind of ties in with everything else. Yep. But it's an expectation thing, isn't it? You want, to, war. you want to describe what... Yeah. That's Stuff. marketing as well. What if Games Workshop have trademarked the word war? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, probably. They'll tell, if, if, you're a sm- if you're a small business, then they definitely have, and they'll send the lawyers around. <laughs> I take it, that, is that your main criteria for success in this game? If you ever get a cease and desist from Games Workshop, <laughs> you know you're doing the right thing. No, I'm on the radar. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm very close to having grants around about Games Workshop since the last episode. In that case, I'm going to go to the toilet. <laughs> say something just in general about um, about scenarios uh, the building why 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 is the objective of building um, why is the objective of building it's, a, it's not a summer it could be anything it doesn't matter yeah. it's just no. an objective it's a flag yeah yeah, yeah. it literally yeah, there's not really any reason why the objective was a building other than yeah, it was just, yeah. that was a bit, there was a building on the board. Down, there was a building quite <laughs> I'm just thinking it's weird. We happened to have a building prop, handy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. If it's the cardboard, I suppose usually, thing. usually if you're designing a game or designing a scenario, there's some sort of narrative reason uh, for for that. I don't think that was a particularly there. designed scenario, though, was it? Was that no. not just randomly stress testing the game? Literally, because there was a building on the board. Yeah. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was a building on board, and I thought with three players, rather than trying to calculate victory points, because that's going to be quite complicated with three players, you have to work uh, out who's killed which unit, and then, oh, well, you did more damage to that unit, but you actually finished it off, so who gets the victory points? Yeah. So. Well, yeah, it was just in terms of we have, have a, a, a objective, yes. a solid objective. Because in a, on a war games table, we have uh, we have terrain, and part of it can be buildings, because buildings look cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, it's, it's kind of... It's it's kind of almost unique to the to this medium, that their that their the buildings are really important. I mean, I don't, I, I don't. I'm trying to remember. I was trying earlier on uh, to remember if there's any historical battles where a building was important. Oh, or, loads, yeah. 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 Um, Waterloo was the first one that I think of. That oh, really? A, yeah. There was a, a building. On the battlefield, like kind of between the French was it and a British farmhouse lines, or something, it was like yeah. yeah, it was a farm, a fortified farmhouse or something. I think it was held by like the uh, the German troops who were in the British army or something like that. They held yeah. it against several assaults, and that was really important because um, it had, it meant that they would get the Napoleon's troops in a crossfire if they tried to advance. Or something. Okay, even, no, in so Col- even in Culloden, there was a a wall. It was a dike. Yeah, sort of halfway up the the battlefield, where basically whoever held that just a massive. Well, whoever held that had guns had, yeah, just crossfire and advancing. Yeah, dry, dry, yeah. dry stone, dry stone dike. Yeah, but, but, but not a built a building. Yeah, but what, so. it's a, it, it's the leftover of a, it's what's left over from a building. You know, we could have said this is a dry stone dike in the middle, and whoever holds that wins the game because yeah. they have such tactical superiority. It's just mm-hmm. a, just a device. And it's always a yeah, yeah. No, it's just I mean, in terms of uh, there's all, I suppose I'm, I'm thinking there, there's sort of two ways into uh, putting a putting something in it's either a good story or or historically kind of um his, or some sort of historical accuracy that, that makes it serendipitous is that the word 
Ah, that sounds better. Yeah, that's a teenage fan club song. Wins on both fronts. Oh, we need a beer singing it. I was thinking in terms of um, is is there sort of a it was a if it was a movie or a novel or a or a where where does holding onto a building come in? Is Sharp ever have to hold onto a building? Yep, most most books probably a lot because there always there always has to be a MacGuffin because there has to be a plot device. There has to be something. Yeah, like a fort or yeah, Yeah. it has to be held again until until the reinforcements come. Yeah, and think of well, sieges. Yeah, but we but it's it's rarely played. Well, it's because it's one of the one of the six scenarios in uh, one of the six scenarios in Warhammer book is is a is a tower. Um, but it's, it, but <laughs> usually you're you're racing towards a tower, which seems yeah. a bit weird. The, the seminal event in Scottish history was a battle to relieve a castle between two standing armies in the field. Okay. At Bannockburn. Oh, was it? Yeah. There was a basic. Robert the Bruce's brother signed a deal with the guy holding the castle and said if you don't get relieved by an English army in the next year then you'll surrender the castle and leave so then Edward II marched on on Stirling to take the castle back and then he got, he got spanked and we got the castle back and independence we, followed a few years we. later <laughs> yeah. yeah excellent sorry for those listening three of us are Scottish <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, but no, I, scenarios in general, though, I think uh, make a big difference. Like, Absolutely, you know, there's, yeah. there's scenarios in the obviously in DW Warhammer book, but there's all those add ons right, with the uh, pretenders. We ended up making up loads of scenarios and oh, pulling yeah. them from like really old supplements and stuff like that. Yeah. Mean, I mean, as good as much fun as they are, like standard battles get a little bit dull after a while, and you want something fun yeah. to build the story around, especially. So, yeah. Uh, that'd be a good supplement, a book full of entirely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you need to do more work on the scenario design as well, because I don't get my much as well. A paragraph probably said to you. <laughs> it could be this, all this. Yeah, like, yeah. So not yeah. really bothered. general fluff as well because yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's because not... you need a bit of fluff otherwise you've just got the formula yeah <laughs> but then we've only got we, you know we've got these mo- with miniature gaming you're kind of we have these models and we kind of have to tell the story with the, tell yeah, the story with these models can you make up new fluff for the same old armies like new dwarf fluff new yep. uh, oh, totally. chaos fluff yeah yeah yeah. Totally. I think you're probably always going to be influenced by what's gone before I know yeah, well, I'm, I'm holding on to I'm holding on to a model now, which is a is a massive steampunk style creation with a dwarf <laughs> head on it that in Warhammer's was made to re- replicate something else. Uh, yeah, but yeah. The, a model that you've made here, if if you've, you know, yeah, I, well, I suppose yeah, you're right. Uh, you can make up new stuff that's happening right now in the dwarf world or whatever. But I suppose I was thinking of um, history, so like. The fluff that I think of in, uh, again, Warhammer Fantasy is the story of how the dwarf started and like the last like 5,000 years that are documented in the dwarven book. Mm-hmm. The same with Chaos, like how they came to be and all the gods and all that kind of stuff. Could, would you remake that whole story again, do you think? 
I, I would for chaos. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's shit. It's infringing IP, isn't it? Yeah, you have to. Whereas the dwarves are dwarves. Short people who live under the hill and, yeah. and make weapons, yeah. That's yeah. Not... Dwarves are Tolkien and in Norse mythology. Yeah. But with, but with fluff, they're, they're really particular. <laughs> they're like, this battle happened then, this battle happened then. Oh, that's a detail this and that and that, yeah. Or you give, you give the player the opportunity to create that when they're playing. You know, you, you, yeah. you build a campaign rule set that works in it. Yeah. Alongside the the tabletop rule yeah. set, and within that, you let them build the fluff. You know, you put something yeah. down there, you put down some some history or some yeah, some backstory. But it'd be really cool to have a game that was popular enough that you could hold like a massive national tournament, whereby you did play out some scenarios that then went into the next book. <laughs> that you know, the, well, so the people's battles, the players' battles. That L five R did that. Yeah, did it? Yeah. yeah. That, that was kind. Of, that was the whole point of L five R, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, in fact, Price. I think still, Price does. Still is a thing. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. the. The result. Well, so the results of the tournaments affected affected the, the, the storyline. Yeah. Oh really? I, yeah. I had no idea. Cool. That's good. Well, yeah. It's hard to kind of see any of the effects, really. <laughs> <laughs> what in the cards themselves? Yeah, and the rules and stuff themselves. like that. Yeah. Games Workshop tried that a little bit with the Storm of Magic. They asked you to log your wins. Well, they tried it much more in the past when they were doing that with Storm of Chaos and things like that. It was actually, and they've had um, 40k campaigns where the Eye of Terror campaign that they did, it was like, yeah, logging the results and they were supposed to determine what happened next. And I think out of the Eye of Terror one, it was like the, the Tau did really well and got loads of those more uh, victories than, um, than would have been expected. And so I think that was part of, of why the Tau got their second codex quite quickly. Um, it, and it became the Tower Empire instead of just the Tower Book like, mm-hmm. to reflect that expansion yeah that is part of the story is that they are a very a quickly expanding empire so that, yeah. that, that went in there um, so yeah they, they have, yeah, it has been, been tried before oh, okay. um, yeah. in the Storm of, of Chaos though, which uh, goes down in, in Games Workshop history that was that was weird because that was set further on than the timeline is now. They since reset the timeline to pretend yeah. the Storm of Chaos didn't happen. Oh, really? Because they didn't yeah. like the way it went. It didn't like the way it ended or something. Oh, yeah. You've got to, you've got to commit to <laughs> going with it whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. It would be, I mean, yeah. It would be cool to think of having a game that was that successful that you had that many fans that they could get involved and, you know, it just kind of, you mm. could have that... Yeah, that control of the fluff and people buying into it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, it would be pretty cool, but um, at the same time, it's it's difficult with something like Warhammer because the world has to kind of stay fairly static, doesn't it, to reflect yeah. the armies and the games that are being played mm-hmm. and, and what's what's happening. Yeah, they have to. Nothing, nothing changes. It's, it's nothing quite really quite common. Yeah. But the thing is, the thing, the other end of the thing is L five R, where every every other year there's uh, the the empire nearly breaks yeah. and i got to a point where i was reading all the books at one stage and i was looking this is this doesn't happen with an empire they, they, they can't possibly stand there's so much stuff going on all the time really? they they whereas maybe what they should do is come back every 20 years and have another story but it's like every three years or something the entire there's a major incursion yeah. from the 
equivalent of the chaos waste yeah, and the aye. demons invade but again <laughs> yeah that's just a symptom of writing a story though isn't it you, you can't have the boring bits <laughs> nobody will buy a book about the peaceful years <laughs> yeah and the thing is if you do if you were just to have a break for 20 well, no, no, like a 20 year break in the narrative yeah. for every year yeah. then all the all the previous characters mm. that everyone likes would be yeah. mu- would die yeah. after yeah. two yeah. editions <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean the body the body of work for all the all the fiction that's been written for for L five R is incredible. Really, is yeah. it is it as much as the crazy amount of Black Library and uh, GW stuff? Probably, but they gave it out for free. L five R. There's lots and lots of short stories on the website. Yeah, of varying quality. Really, there's, there's yeah. some of it not very good. Uh, <laughs> of the bits that are re- the bits that are really good. Um, it's been eight, it's been years since read, but all the stuff by Ray Swesby. Yeah. Another another word I've seen two <laughs> words I've seen written down but never <laughs> but never spoken yeah, yeah. Uh, are pretty good. Uh, she was a story editor for for the whole thing for for quite a while. Yeah. Ray, Ray Soesp something like that. That's really good. Um, Do you other stuff that, not so good. I think that's a measure of a game's success. If the first person that writes some fan fiction about a game or a scenario. <laughs> that must be quite a nice thing if you're a, an author of a game and somebody actually writes a story about your game. Mm-hmm. Depends on the story, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And then and then my, my boars charged into these knights that are clearly better than and then they then they died for no reason <laughs> because the rules are broken. <laughs> what <are> you say? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the rules, that was him. <laughs> right. Jeez, so. we've been over quite a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. Good luck with the editing, Grant. Yeah. We don't take the ball out. <laughs> yeah, I, do. Out. I do. No, but no, to be fair, we've... we've no, that's it. I mean, yeah, going through Warpack, but then going through actually creating a, a game itself. Like, cause it, yeah. Well, I suppose that's the whole thing about the podcast, isn't it? But games designers, so how you make a game, how you... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you do with it, you've got this idea. What and, were you going to... And why you do it. And yeah. what you're trying to get out of it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You never answered that question that they would ask uh, Joe. What is your your eternal aim for being a games designer in general? <laughs> in general, in general. No, just Warpack, but the rest of them as well. That's a hard one to, yeah. to answer. I think of course, when I started out. I just wanted to just create some games that I really liked playing mm-hmm. that would just fit that need. Because I was yeah. like kind of getting tired of the games that were out there and, and felt like. Uh, that's doing okay, but it'd be better if it was like this. So just have like a game that I can just pull out at any occasion. If I yeah. Got it and play a card game. Like yeah. Play some dungeon duelists. Mm-hmm. Go for a war game. Play war pack. Mm-hmm. Or Prince yeah. of, the Prince of Darkness role playing system. Yeah. <laughs> Old classic. Um, yeah. Or Eternal Contenders. Or Helpful Leather. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then after I've had some moderate success. I don't know. It would would be great to be able to make some money from it. I mean, I don't think it'll ever be enough to make a living. But if I could make a bit more, bit more money from mm-hmm. it, then, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing the episode's over by now. Yeah. Just, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should play some games rather than talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Obviously, yeah. get in contact. I think this is. I think <laughs> this is. A, this is a case of me putting on a putting on a pre and post recording, <laughs> okay, just cool. to just to tie things up. A couple of couple of stings. But you've in got the to middle. have an outro. You've got to say bye to everyone. Yeah.
Thanks for bearing with us. Yes, thanks for listening to this uh, ramble. We're a bit drunk, but it's good. <laughs> it is good. You know, it's, it's good. Be, it's good because he told you it's good. Yes, bye yeah. bye. I Enjoy your games. I, I like Russ's intro from last time. Keep gaming. <laughs>